Welcome to Success with Style, everyone. I am Rob Giardinelli, coming to you from the C. Baldwin Hotel in Houston, Texas. Uh, you forgot to call it the awesome C. Baldwin Hotel. I, my sincerest apologies. Hi, everyone. I'm Lance Avery Morgan, and we are here with Mark D. Sullivan. How are you, buddy? I'm great. Thanks Welcome. for having me on. I Mr. appreciate it. PR guru to the stars and beyond. <laughs> 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 you are a native Houstonian. Yes. I think anyone who knows you knows that, but a lot of people who don't know you will know you because of this podcast. Podcast, you are a big part of Houston's trajectory and how cool it is, how cool it's been. Tell us about what it was like to grow up in Houston and compare it to the Houston that you see now. Uh, Houston in my childhood is a very different place, <laughs> <laughs> a very different place. I mean, that's the thing about this city. It's um, it's 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 always been a fast evolving town, and um, and so. It, the way that it's that it has evolved is is really kind of mind blowing. First of all, who knew that it would become you know what it is today? It's about to be the third largest city in the United I States. Know. You know they can't really say it until the twenty twenty census comes out. Right, but it's already true. Which we're encouraging everyone wow. to take part in. So of it's going to be bigger than Chicago. <laughs> it's Chicago's yes. third, right? So it'll yes. be bigger than Chicago. It actually already is. They just wow. can't say so officially until twenty twenty. And that 2020. outlying area of Houston, sprawling, is a major market in itself. Yes, at that high level, which is amazing to me. Yes. The lands, we call them. The, the land. lands, the, <laughs> the sugar lands. All the, the lands. The tippy-tippy day lands. <laughs> this land is your land, I don't, get out, to the, I don't get out to the lands as often as I should. I'm sort of... Well, you, you, you have connections out there, though. Sure. You have ties. Sure, I have ties. Both family and beyond. Well, I don't know about family, but beyond. Beyond, right. Yes, yes. So the Houston that, let's see, I remember oh, hearing this story about, I don't know, somehow bubbles ended up in a fountain... On oh, Allen yes. Parkway, well, because you know, kids did things. Uh, kids were funny then. Yeah, they did things like in the <laughs> middle of the night and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, yes, there was there was a story when we put um, a lot of bold detergent into a fountain, and uh -huh. then uh, nothing happened until 24 <laughs> hours later when it got into the system, and then it was really blowing bubbles. You mean like out of you mean like out of faucets and stuff, or like into a giant no, fountain? Uh, on oh, giant into a fountain. fountain. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, we drive by that fountain. Yes, yeah, it's on Allen Parkway, uh -huh. and so. Oh. Oh my um, God, that it is turned a scream. Out it did work. We just it did work. Just not instant. Bubbles <laughs> did work. Yes. And so, and I would chalk that up to youth, youthful indiscretion. You didn't get arrested or go no. to juvie or anything no, for it. Of course not. But there there are you no were also here. you weren't caught either. No. Well, okay. there was no social no. media to catch That's you. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And also, kids did a lot more things. I think outside and on bikes and things like that. Yeah, they saw the world. Yeah. But yeah. when I was a kid, you know, most of the restaurants were either Mexican food, barbecue. Um, and that's and steak, and that was basically it. And, and now, boy, has that changed? It really has. Thanks to you. Well, I don't know about that. I'm just part of the. I'm part of the system. Part of the machine. Yeah. <laughs> so. Your job is to get all the fun, interesting people to to restaurants and to hot hotels, and you've done that effortlessly and in spades for quite some time. So, growing up in Houston, how did you earn your first dollar? Do you remember? I do. I um I was sold popcorn and peanuts at Rice University football games. When okay. I was Twelve or thirteen. Gotcha. So you dealt with. Joe and Mary lunch bucket, right? I mean, it was a, the it public. Was a, yes, and you you basically you went, you stood in line, you paid to get the peanuts with money, cash. You, you had to bring money. <laughs> I think I really think it was about thirty dollars for a basket of wow. peanuts and popcorn, and then you 
you got more. Oh, so you were bleach. up in the bleachers? Yeah. Was, oh, gosh. Oh, wow. I thought you were yeah. behind like in no, the no, snack no. bar. I was. Because you know, Sir Rosenberg rack. had a cushy snack bar job. Uh, oh, he did. So <laughs> he wasn't in the bleachers. <laughs> oh no, I was. I was actually up and down carrying with a big basket around my neck, and and then I sold popcorn wow. peanuts again. Wow. Yeah, and I walked. Great it, discipline. I, actually, I rode my bike to get to the games, and then I, I and then after that, right in the same neighborhood, I worked at Baskin Robbins. Where uh, do you park a bike in a stadium? Mm, I don't really recall. Probably under a bike bleacher rack. somewhere. Where yeah, I was going to say, do they have like out. a bike rack like under the bleachers or something? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Houston so, was very progressive. I yeah, guess yeah. so. Yeah. It was a big city. But I had a lot of jobs when I was growing up. Another thing that I don't think kids do that much anymore, but I, I worked at Baskin Robbins. I worked yeah. at a flower shop. Okay. I mowed lawns. Um, so you were industrious. And I, did your I parents sold pool supplies that? also, door to door. No way. Door to door. I did. Why would people buy them door to door? Well, it was a it was like a system. So okay. you, you know, was, again, was, the system, was, a, a recurring <laughs> theme. Mark is, was, is the system. Yes. So I did that, and um, you know, wow. they gave me a, like um, a map with all the houses with pools in, in certain gotcha. neighborhoods, and I would just go knock on those. They doors. were easy marks, and people <laughs> people um, would laugh at me because I was so short at that time, and I looked you know like a child. Okay. <laughs> so, so, because ironically, you was, were so a child. A lot of people did not take me seriously. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And about and Robbins, you know, I used to go um, if the if the uh, if the tub was low, I would actually have to get way down there. My feet would go into the air and then oh to hand God, the kidding. customer the cone. I would have to walk all the way down to the cash register where the where it was low. Right. Because, you know, they had right. the high. Glass. Right. Right. So I couldn't actually reach <laughs> over that. <laughs> I don't know how that was legal, but it wasn't. Um, but yes, I had a, I had there, quite a few jobs. You described so many illegal things. <laughs> Child Protective Services had to have been called on Dr. and Mrs. Sullivan more than once. Honestly, they didn't even pick me up after I got off my shift at 11 o'clock and it was junior Whoa. high school. And you rode. You've heard of helicopter parents. Yeah, well, I, have. I, I, yeah. Had, I had satellite parents. <laughs> so it was very different. You had moped parents. <laughs> <laughs> wow but it was a fun it was a fun childhood here yeah. you know there was a certain innocence about it and i think you know sometimes i feel like i'm from the 50s when i think about my well, childhood. you are papa yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i mean but you know your parents uh, in, imbibed you with you know this work ethic obviously or did you develop it on your own or did you see i just wanted my you? own i wanted my own money freedom i just wanted freedom yeah i, I wanted right. to have my own money i didn't want to have to ask or rely on my parents for for allowance who wants to be told no yeah exactly. <laughs> right i mean that's the way it yeah. was with me it's like yeah we'll figure it out yeah i had i had a bank account i started saving at a very young age and great mm -hmm. look at you now um i'm not saving now oh, okay okay so. <laughs> well i was going to ask you like how did how did like you know selling pool supplies door to door and all those different types of jobs that you had growing up. How do you think that prepared you for being an entrepreneur? Um, there's a certain amount of hustle involved in those jobs. And, okay. and, and my job today is, is kind of hustlery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. And cue do the hustle theme. I mean, you know, we, yeah. we really work, yeah. we work, we're, we're in the service business, right? right? So it's, it's, so it is, you do have to hustle in the service business. Those were service businesses. So. Right. So you learn early on mm -hmm. to develop. And so how did that help you other than to learn how to hustle? Did you 
learn more about the public? Did you learn more about what the common man wants and how to deliver it? Or tell us a little bit more. Yeah, I think I think it did it did sort of prepare me for you know d different types of customers. Yeah, for one thing, right? You know, because every client's different. They're all different. Yeah, they're all very Boy, very howdy. different. Yeah, they are very different. <laughs> and also, uh, there's this you know you start to learn that you know in, if you own your own business and in, in, in whatever it is that you do. Yeah. You have to, it's all on you in terms of, you know, right. what you get from it is what you put into it. Right. I think I learned that as well. Early on. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, that's a good point for everyone who's well, listening to, to remember. And I've always wanted to know, you know, from a PR perspective, because you're dealing with, you know, you're dealing with an image and an image of a brand. What is like a common thing that all of your successful partnerships with various brands have? Like what do those brands all possess? They, first of all, are doing something very well on the operational side. Okay. And they're Again, also... Again, the system. And they're... <laughs> the system. system. The system. Can't get around uh -uh. it. <laughs> <laughs> and it ain't rigged. <laughs> and, um, and, and also, they're fully formed concepts. That would be a common denominator. Okay. Right. Um, things that are just sort of half-baked or, or somehow not... Don't have a true identity and know who mm -hmm. they want to be or right. trying to be everything to all people. Those don't typically work out. Well, that's an important thing, yeah. I think, for people to know, because, I, you know, we are in a world where we're trying to be really inclusive. But at the same time, there's 350 million people. You can't necessarily do US. something for everybody. So I think right. it's important to know you've got to kind of know who you are mm -hmm. and just being all things to all people just isn't enough. Agreed. And one one thing that people may not realize as much about Mark these days is that he's a crackerjack writer. So the way I first knew Mark was at Brilliant Magazine. When he headed up our it's bachelor true. and bachelorette issue, actually, Lance, you had a lot to do with my trajectory. Oh, it's true. Right, so I, I want to hear. I want to hear about this. I don't know this story. Very this very, no, that. no, it's actually one hundred percent true, and oh, I can tell you, you exactly why. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and here we go. Because Buckle up. When I moved back from New York yeah. to Austin, to Austin um, yeah. you know, I was kind of starting over in New York. I had written for magazines, and I also was a producer and a writer at CNN okay. Financial Network, CNN FN, the yeah. fledgling yeah. network. Long may it rain. <laughs> in the archives of YouTube, and um, and when I decided after 9/11, and for a bunch of other reasons, to, to to leave the city and return back to my home state, I went back to Austin, which is where I had gone to school, and um, I really didn't have any prospects there. I didn't, I couldn't really get paid to do what I had been paid to do in New York yeah. at that time in Austin. It wasn't a big media market, right? So, right. Um, and also, I wasn't even sure if I wanted to keep doing what I had been doing. Uh, my 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 trajectory has been a circuitous <laughs> one so, you know how some people have a calling yeah. yes i never had a calling okay, okay so in fact <laughs> you called you called everyone else yes instead I, of being I, called i think i called you as a matter of fact you did. yes yeah, because yeah. i heard um so i moved back to austin i yeah. was just sort of getting my bearings i had a bicycle i didn't have a car Found a really cool one-bedroom apartment near Whole Foods yeah. on Sixth Street in Lamar. Oh, where yeah. I used to live right near there. Where'd you live? Uh, just west of, of Lamar. Uh, I can't remember the name of the complex. Uh -huh. I think it's sort of commercial now. Yeah, it had a big okay. oak tree in the front. Yeah, yeah I know I exactly was, what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was called the Oak Tree. Nope, or something. <laughs> <laughs> or the Oaks. I don't know. I don't know. In any event, it was a little efficiency apartment, yeah. and I, you know, I started. 
substitute teaching. I started just sort of, you know, babysitting even. And I was yeah. really kind of starting over at the age yeah. of 35. So you were being yeah. industrious, like you yeah. were talking about I earlier. Just, I was just being industrious. Hustling. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I don't have a trust fund, contrary to popular belief. <laughs> <laughs> By popular belief, I mean my own. Right. I, I thought maybe I, I wish had a trust you did. Fund. Yeah. That turned out to be completely. You lived a trust funder's lifestyle. Right. That's for sure. Yeah, I know. It turned out to be completely false. Anyway, and so, um, and when I heard that Brilliant Magazine uh, was 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 coming online, it sort of just dropped out of the sky. I really mm -hmm. just picked up the phone, and I remember coming to. Uh, yeah. I called you and yeah. invited me in for a meeting, and absolutely became the features editor. And and that was the second issue that you debuted that's if right. I'm not mistaken and that was a that was a monster of that an was issue. a monster of oh an issue. What, what wasn't there yep because it was Kim Kirby and Carrie Schlegel that's right on the cover the fabulous Dallas like Schlegel family on the cover and the crux of it was because they were all single at the time correct and that was also that's during the time right. of the bachelor which dot 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 would source Mark's writing and his detective skills of finding the hottest bachelors and bachelorettes in the state they would the Bachelor TV show would source it and would call and find out about. Well, these how people. did you how did you curate that and find that it before social real, media? You know, it was it was just old fashioned working the phones, connecting the really? dots. Okay. You are the, the dots. best dot connector. Yeah, I mean, I really planet. just had sort of one or two main people in uh, in the primary cities that we were focused on, which mm -hmm. were Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio. Yeah, and then we had L.A. and New York folks too. Yep, we did as well. Mm -hmm. the, with Texas people with Texas ties. Yeah, like Neil yeah. Hamill. Yes, of course. Yeah. Ron one. Davis was one. But there of were a hundred of them. Jules Skinner. Uh, there were a hundred. There were a hundred of them. I don't know why we chose that so, number. That yeah, was why so, did you choose that, that was many? Very it's daunting to think of it now. I would never do that now. <laughs> 50, only fifty girls and only fifty guys. Well, and you did it. And you hungry. did it the old-fashioned yes, way. Yes. Yeah. And I found them. There were no so it wasn't well, just the writing there, part. There was yeah. that. There was that too. You know, the the writing part was almost like sort of the easy part by the end of it. By the end of the whole endeavor because you know it was really trying to get people to agree to it and making you know sort of finding them how do you look at their pictures there weren't right. even images to look at yeah barely the internet yeah. existed yeah. yeah 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 and then we had to get the imagery yeah as well i mean honestly i don't know uh, how people <laughs> what people did for their daily routines if there weren't the internet and the computer like i don't know i guess people were just Inner office envelopes. It's yeah. Faxing. Yes. Faxing yeah. and Inner teletype. Office mailing. Teletype. Yeah. I mean, especially in our Morse job code. now. I mean, I don't know yeah. what the hell I would do all day. Yeah. yeah. Certainly in the editorial world, I cannot imagine the world without the research database of Google and other sources. Right. I just can't I, I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can't imagine. Well, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what scary. It was scary. really 15 years ago. It was 2004 yeah. when we did this issue. I know. And so, I know. well, and we worked. It, we started working on it in 2003, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early on, because it took a year it took, to get 100 a while, people. I know. God, that's <laughs> that's a great something. issue, and yeah. people still come up to me, and I'm sure you too, and reference it. And that's what I think is a long-lasting effect of Mark's talents and how he's right. affected people on this planet. But you know, the best thing about that was that I had just moved back from New York. I'd lived in New York for 10 years before mm -hmm. that. Um, I'd lived in Mexico. I had lived in Austin on and off again after college, mm -hmm. um, which, which was also in Austin. Um, but it was a really nice way to sort of be reintroduced to my home state, which, you know, even though I was from there, it had changed an awful lot a in lot. that period of time. Yeah. And and so it was a great way to Welcome sort of back, Mark. It was, right. it was it welcome amazing. back, Potter. It, yeah. It, yeah. It, it really Doors helped you dial swung in, open. It? Yeah. it was a wonderful thing. <laughs> oh, and you kicked open a few years ago. Well, I was going to say, yeah, so, so like how the doors swing open. 
Well, uh, having a luxury lifestyle magazine for the whole state of Texas yeah. was a good good way. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. People, the people likes of which had been seen since turned, Ultra Magazine I decades know. before. Turns out people want to be your friend. And right, so that, yeah. there was that. The power and, of the media, I yeah, believe, is yeah. what yeah. that's and, called. And, and I met a ton of people. I was traveling, you know, as Lance knows, I was traveling all over to Dallas, to Marfa. Mm -hmm. Right. Houston, oh, yes. To Houston. We, we were in Marfa together. Yes, we were. We launched I, the, the more than uh, once, I believe. More than once. Mm -hmm. That was a good time. Mm -hmm. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> we had Alfred Robinson with us. That was a lot of fun. There are lots of people from that trip you're not talking to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred is not friends one were of them. made and friends were lost. Okay. <laughs> I'm still friends with Alfred. I know. We all know. That's all I know who I'm referring to. <laughs> anyway, um, so that was a really fun thing. And it was a lifestyle publication. So mm -hmm. I was writing stories about musicians about uh, sports stars about okay. music yeah you wrote about the austin city limits festival austin, that that was a fin that was, that was the first feature that was the yeah. first austin city limits it was the first one wow. that we did and we were a media sponsor and to yeah. see it grow yeah. like it has now yeah. it's just it was amazing beyond me it was absolutely amazing so yeah. what was that first one like the first acl yeah like a county fair yeah. compared <laughs> to the machine it's become yeah oh god it was so it was 500 people and i thought that was crowded i was feeling claustrophobic yeah and, and they then didn't they get the same kind of that level. was the vip thing yeah. but then yeah. it would be like yeah no it was just a different planet it okay it really was yeah. and austin was a very different place at that time too austin has changed so much on, it in, has in that 15 years it's yeah. really kind of wild yeah everything's yeah. grown up we've all grown up and and we've all been a part of Texas growing up, I mm -hmm. think, if you mm -hmm. will, which is exciting. Yeah. But yeah, but really, seriously, Mark is a crackerjack writer, really talented, yeah. knows how to tell a story. And I think that has really helped your PR career. Well, that's the absolute foundation for my yeah. PR career, yeah. actually. And people believe you. So, I mean, you make it believable because you, you believe in it. I actually do. Yeah. And, I, and I believe in my clients and I believe in what I'm saying. I'm not lying. I'm not, you right, know, people right. think PR people are just spin machines. I'm not really spinning anything. And I think that's one of the reasons I've been successful, actually. Right. So you, yeah. you're saying that it, you believe in each of your clients that you take on. And I don't waste anybody's time. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to create something out of nothing. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm a storyteller um, through and through and, and, and I, I always tell people that's really what I am. Yeah. Storyteller. You get, yeah. But not a liar. <laughs> <laughs> a storyteller. They're very, very different, different things. Very, very different. Well, I think that certainly in the PR world, and like you said, the spin, I mean, that just, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough to know what's out there that's believable. You are one of the people I believe. Well, I appreciate that. Truly. And we're also lucky that we have A-list clients. So right. we don't have to spin. I mean, right. they're, right. they're, and that, to, to, to answer the, the original question about yeah. how, when does it work and how does it work, yeah. if you have the kind of clients that are worthy of, of, of press because yeah. they're doing things that are interesting and unique yeah. and they have a fully formed concept and a vision, that is not hard to sell. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. So on that note, do you think that... Um, PR has become easier or more difficult um, since you've a great done question. this deep dive? It's a great question. It's, it's definitely changed so much, and that's because of technology. Yeah. Social media right. has really fundamentally altered the job. Yeah. Right? People get a lot of messages from so many different sources that, you know, it's not the same because, you, you know, used to be, mm -hmm. you, you know, you could have a major feature in, you know, the, in the daily paper. And um, and that would really push the needle, right? And it, and to a certain extent, it does. There's an uptick when things like that happen. But right. you have to put the pedal to the metal and be firing yeah. on all cylinders all the time. So 
It's not, it's not for the faint of heart. I was going to say, tell <laughs> us about that. Because if you're living in the media world 25-8, way beyond 24-7, your team has got to be doing that too, right? I mean, oh, everyone's yeah. always on duty. Yeah, absolutely, 24-7. I yeah. mean, it's, not a, it's definitely not a 9-to-5 job. How do you job. turn it off, though? Can you turn it off? You know, someone just accused me the other day of talking, like when I speak, that they said, you sound like you're a press release talking. And oh. I, it's the thing is That's <laughs> a compliment, by the way. And I meant every word. <laughs> but the thing is, is that you don't really turn it off. You know, yeah. I think about ideas and uh, in the middle of the night, I think about you right. know, different, different pitch ideas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or event ideas right. or you know anything partner marketing doesn't matter yeah. well, and so right what what made you decide to transition from writing and producing over to pr that i didn't have a trust fund <laughs> so back to square one back to square yeah. one back to square one <laughs> remember, the, remember the system yeah that's true the <laughs> system. it should have been the rigged system, but it was not yeah, the, the, the system yeah. broke down for me and uh i needed a job and um and uh, while I loved working for the magazine, it was, you know, it was not a, a full-time situation. Right. It was really kind of, yeah. it, I was contributing as a, as right. a features editor. And, um, it Senior was features editor. Senior yes. features <laughs> editor, I might add. Um, but I, I ultimately, um, it, it just happened out of the Welcome blue. Welcome to downtown so, Houston with that siren. I know. I love big, it. Big city. Yeah, it is. It is. Their mm -hmm. biggest city now. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. Or soon to but be. But how do you push through the ebbs yeah. and the flows of a career? What advice would you give our listener who may be considering a, a career change or, you know, wants to maybe create a reinvigorated um, point of view with what they're doing? How do you, how do you, what do you recommend? I recommend swimming downstream and, and sort of going with the flow yeah and 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 sort of you know being open to um uh to opportunity and to just keeping an open mind and not trying to sort of have a rigid plan of where you think you're going to be and when right and mm -hmm. so right. I, I think that that's had a lot you to think do that causes limitations for people having that very strident plan as opposed to being open I think I believe in, in that saying, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Right. And so. Right. And I, I, I think if you really, you know, if you have a type A personality, and I know a lot of kids these days have these visions of where they want to be and when and have these sort of goals of, mm -hmm. of, of uh, you know, different types of achievements that they want to. Corner office by 23. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I think that that's a mistake. Yeah. Um, I mean, right. for me, at least I can only yeah. talk for myself. Right. But for me, I. Uh, it just would never work that way. First of all, I never would have had mm -hmm. a corner office at 23. I don't even have one now, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> You're so egalitarian. <laughs> well, it, it's funny that you say that about, you know, having the corner office at 23, because there's, when you're a little bit older, I think you romanticize a little bit, but there is something about paying your dues and, you know, having to slog and really work. Because when you do that, when you go through the slog is really where you learn the most to really be able to kind of escalate and grow your grow your success. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, and, you know, I, I actually really have enjoyed the journey part. Also, um, I'm always sort of happy where I am when I'm there. Right. And even when I'm not necessarily at a place where most people would consider a great place to be at a certain age, <laughs> which is what yeah. you might have, you could have made that argument but it where is I was it when is. I was 35. Yeah. Right. I actually loved that period of my life. Right. I know people that are sort of lost when they're 35. I wasn't lost, but I was certainly not, I did not have a plan when I moved back to Austin. And yep. I, I was very happy. I felt very free and liberated. Yeah. I was happy not having a car. Right. I had a, right. a mountain bike. It was yeah. in Austin. Yeah. I was in a great little apartment. Right. And I loved it. Right. And so, right. 
you know. Interesting. But you'd also come from New York, too, where you didn't have a car. That's so right. it's kind of an, uh, That kind of helped ease the transition. To, to yeah. kind of adapt although, to that. Although it turns out Austin doesn't have subways. I know. Oh, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anymore. Yeah, no. No public transportation to catch. Um, yeah. But, you know, and I worked at that antiquarian bookstore right I across totally the street. I totally remember that. Yes. 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 That was a lot of fun, too. Yeah. I, I loved that bookstore. Well, and I think in your experience is substitute teaching because you were working on a TV project. I was. And a book and all that. Yeah, the subfiles. The subfiles about your experiences because they were so unique to only teaching. And you would go into schools that were socioeconomically challenged very much so right I mean, there was a shooting at the classroom next to me at reagan high school oh wow which has now been renamed uh, well that's probably why <laughs> there you go now that folks is a they houston a comeback Sullivan and high. that's a houston uh, comeback they got they got a good pr agency that rebranded <laughs> them uh, it may or may not have been public content we can't talk right. about that exactly show, but, yeah. but, but i've always sort of enjoyed oh sorry that's all right I think off. an angel just got its wings. <laughs> <laughs> Every time a bell rings, Every an angel does rings. get its rings. I thought I turned it off. That's all right. It's okay. I turned it on. He's always on duty. Yeah. Always on duty. And that's a PR pro always on duty, always as you know. Closing, always ABC. be closing. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Money never sleeps, as you know. <laughs> I wonder who came up with that comment. It never even takes a nap in my world. <laughs> yes, so, yeah. I know. <laughs> oh, goodness. So what's next for Mark? What's next? Yeah. It's right, it's, I mean, it's just right now. It's, it's everything. Right now. It's what everything. It's like, so, what do you got? That's yeah, what's I mean, next. We, you know, I started, so I started, I worked for Stuart and Gail yeah. for five years, um, you know, and I met them through Brilliant Magazine. I remember very well. So, again, you really did <laughs> no. have a lot to do. With, you can't it's say your talent you can't being say there no, and delivering. But if I wasn't working well, for you, okay. they would not have met me. Okay. You see, it's I a very gotcha. direct I gotcha. correlation there. Not even a dotted line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, and it's, it's really interesting because you worked for them. So they started pitching me stories yeah. um, when I was working at Brilliant, and okay. we became friends. Yeah. Turned out that we had a lot in common. They had just moved back to Texas from, mm -hmm. uh, from New York as well. I did not know them, even though they were also from Houston, but they're five years younger than I am, so that was like that cut off where you don't yeah. really know the person right because you're how dare they try and know an older more established <laughs> well, you're in high school, they're in of middle course, school you know right. you know how yeah. that works yeah all too so well. um we became fast friends and um and i sort of uh started writing press releases for them and um that with the idea that i could kind of write like a writer that yeah. you know in a fashion mm -hmm. that would appeal to other writers and that right. turned out to be a formula that was pretty successful storytelling yeah 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 and um so i was doing that um and then that led to a job one day a week in houston i was yeah. still living in austin i remember you going back and forth correct and yeah. then and then ultimately they got a giant new client in austin i mean in dallas in the form of victory park yep right big big mixed-use development and um which and is how we got the fleep stark story correct that is correct thanks to you <laughs> and studio i mean it's all it's all these concentric circles that bounce off of each other and i think these kids these days these younger folks don't understand how important it is to be aware of how the circles can bounce off of each other yeah. for and the betterment of everyone right. yeah right and they're happening all the time all the time yeah yeah um it never ceases to amaze me yeah. really yeah so at a certain point they were going to hire someone else full they were going to hire mm -hmm. someone full-time okay. it was either going to be me or somebody else and again that whole trust fund thing comes into play <laughs> so i took the job but yeah. um it was funny I, I kind of resisted coming back to houston so much that i did commute from us even when i was working there full-time yeah wow i, commuted. I remember i would i would i would Drive yeah. to Houston from Austin on Monday mornings, and then go back on Sunday, um, Thursday evenings, and then okay. work from home in Austin on Fridays. Okay. So I was wow. here sleeping three nights a week, full time job here. But I 
would not leave Austin. I was cool. really you. Yeah, your feet were pretty planted in the ground. Yeah, at that point. Uh-huh. Yeah, flip flops on. With flip flops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as planted as they could be. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I had something of a Peter Pan syndrome, uh-huh. as you know, uh-huh. and so and I uh-huh. had a great group of friends there. My godson, you know, yeah, absolutely, Holt. So, yeah, yeah, and um, and my little family, my little adopted family, and yep. um, so I I loved Austin, yeah. and um, and I didn't know Houston from Adam at that point because right. I had been gone for so long i'd gone to boarding school in massachusetts and i yep. went to ut then i lived in mexico for two years teaching english then i went to graduate school right and moved back to austin and yep. then i went to new york right. so i had not lived in houston since yeah. i was uh 14 years old right wow mm-hmm. right again a different world for you to yeah. understand and dive into mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and you know and we had talked about this earlier and that is the trajectory of houston from then to now it's incredible. It's amazing. It really is. It's an amazing city. I mean, the, the, the fact that Houston, if you think about Houston being the most diverse city in the United States, there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. First yeah. of all, it's, um, it's, it's no zoning. You know, right. yes. there's, there's an openness to development and to just openness in general. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's and, a great way to look at it. And, and, yeah. and so people, everyone is welcome in Houston. If you have if you if you have a really strong work ethic and um, and you're real fun at parties, you will do fun. <laughs> you will do just and a fine. trust fund <laughs> as well. Need, doesn't hurt. Need, need not need. need not, you don't, you don't no. need it. Okay. No. All right. Gotcha. Trust fund not yeah. needed. Well, you're known to be fun at parties and a hard worker. So, well, that, ladies I'm and gentlemen, fact, Mark Sullivan. Sullivan. So well, I, while we're on that subject, so speaking of fun at parties, who are five people you would want to have? And given. All the hospitality PR you've done over the years, I'm sure they're a doozy of a list. Who are five people you would have at a dinner party? Who are your dream five? You mean in history or in life? Living dead. Either. People who should be dead. Any and all of the above. (laughs) Anyone who's not alive, who you think would be fascinating to meet, who is alive. You know, because of what the project that we've been working on with this hotel, I would say Charlotte Baldwin Allen would top that list. Yeah. Okay. Um, Great. The mother of Houston, the unsung hero of the city. So can you tell a little bit more for our listeners a little bit? Just share a little bit about her and her history because it's really unique. Very unique. So she was from upstate New York, which is where the Allen brothers were from. Mm -hmm. brothers who were credited right. with the founding of the city but it was actually her inheritance that funded the whole thing not so they were 26 and 28 years old augustus ac allen mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. married charlotte baldwin right from, she was from baldwin new york so it tells you okay kind of family she was yeah from. yeah yeah fancy hey, pants she did have a trust yeah. fund <laughs> <laughs> and it got bigger yeah and uh and his younger brother john kirby allen who was 26 mm-hmm. at the time yeah. when they founded the city of houston right Houston was a, um, a sweltering mud pit with no air conditioning or anything. To, I mean, how do you get started? I mean, yeah. it, was, it was truly kind of a swampland mud pit, right. and um, and they found their way up here. They, you know, they 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 bought a, a deed for the for the for the land that okay. was Houston, Texas, the original land deed, and but it was her money that did that. And then she also funded the entire original construction industry as well as the Navy, so that they could protect themselves wow. from. Right. Outside elements. Right. And being a port city. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's a thing. And at that time, though, you couldn't really get up the bite. Right. Um, right. So who I mean, it was uh, this the city itself is, is a very um, it never really should have existed. It doesn't have any of the qualities that make for a desirable place mm-hmm. to live. Now, I love the city, but it, it, it's just in terms of the topography, yeah. the climate. Right. And, you know, right. and this was before oil, of course. And then and when oil happened, yeah. everything changed. But. At that time, it was a real high-risk, high-reward situation. Right. So she actually ended up building the capital of Republic, uh, the capital of Texas Republic, 
when Houston was the capital of the state, so right. it was here for two years, and then when it moved, she actually transformed that that capital hotel, uh, capital of Texas Republic, into the Capitol Hotel, on on Texas Avenue. Okay. And yeah. So and she later sold it to William Marsh Rice for a handsome profit, and that's why it's called the Rice Hotel. And uh, the Rice University as well. Yes. Yeah. Right. So very uh, cool. Um, so she turned out to be an amazing um, uh, businesswoman. She was a cattle rancher. She was a philanthropist. But as a woman, she couldn't actually own land. She could not sign her right. name on, on, on a piece of paper. That yeah. And she made. sure couldn't vote mm -mm. to have political uh, influence. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was just a different planet. Yeah. Though. And then what happened next was that John Kirby Allen died of bilious fever. And that's right. I said bilious. Thank you for bringing that back Welcome. along with the <laughs> consumption. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Augustus, her husband, um, got uh, something. He got ill and he moved uh, and he went to Mexico and he never came back to the city. Oh. So they disappeared very soon after the founding of the city. And she lived to be 90 years old and didn't die until 1895, I believe. Wow. And she um, deeded the, the property that became the first city hall, which is now Market Square Park, right. countless mm -hmm. plots of land. Yeah. And she was just sort of really under the radar, unsung hero. And her next door neighbor was Sam Houston. And Sam Houston wanted to call the city Charlottesville, but uh, she insisted on calling it Houston. Because after her, na after her namesake. No, she wanted to call it Houston because, yes, Sam Houston was yes. because yeah. he knew what she was doing. Gotcha. Right. And she said, wow. no, thank you. I think that your famous last name would better serve the greater good. We'd like to wow. call it Houston, and that's why it's called Houston. What a visionary of a, yeah. of a person. Wow. And she, just sort of, and she really set the tone for, for what, was, what was to come, a long line of very strong women who have really shaped the trajectory of the city itself. And you've known a lot of them. I Certainly have. the current models for that. I have. Tell us about that Texas woman, that strong Texas woman. Well, they're amazing. I mean, these people, they don't know the word no. <laughs> you know, nothing Very is... Very true. Nothing they may is, know it, but they don't accept is, it. Nothing is impossible. Right. They're smart. They're <clears throat> hardworking. They're forces, and they're, they're the backbone of the city. Mm -hmm. so, I think of the state. Yeah. And so, you know, this, 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 new, this new hotel, this hyper-localized branded hotel is so fun for us from a PR perspective mm -hmm. because we really get to tell the story of Houston vis-a-vis -vis right. the hotel, right. which is a PR dream. Yeah, absolutely. And those don't come along very often, no. as we all know, in the branding world of, of that incredible indigenous story yeah. of how that can be. Yeah, and, and, and very few people know the history of Houston and also the perception of Houston is not even negative. It's really non-existent. Yes. Um, which is uh, an insidious scenario. It's changing, it's changing things it's to very, you very, and very, very, content. Very slowly. Yeah. But we, we still don't have like that, 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 that show or that film that kind of where the city plays a plays a role right. um, in a way that shapes perception. I mean, Dallas is still coasting after uh, off of Dallas 40-plus 40, right. 40 years right. after the, from the TV yeah. show. And the oil and gas industry wasn't yeah. even in Dallas. I know that's what's so funny about it. Well, the financing it. of it yeah. was. Obviously, the yeah. banking component of it was. But yeah, you did, there weren't oil wells in the yeah. backyards right. like there are here. Correct. Yeah. Again, creating lots of trust funds. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, Houston, the, the world's going to wake up to Houston, and it is changing. It's, it's slowly changing because we have this... The, the cultural offerings are just unparalleled um, yeah. in the state of Texas, and it's and also the education. I mean, we're the, basically the center of science and, and math. If you think about NASA yeah. and you think about the Texas Medical Center, all, right. all the firsts yeah. that have happened in, 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 in you know in the world of medical breakthroughs, 
and um, yeah, I'm putting the first Dr. man on the Bakey, moon. I mean, it's, and they could, it's an artificial heart. It yeah. goes on and on and on. On and on, yeah. And now we get to represent that Texas Medical Center, which is a lot of That's fun. That's amazing. Oh, I didn't know Congrats. they were a client. That's exciting. Yeah, it's wow. no big deal. Just the largest medical city on the planet Earth. <laughs> yes, it is. And the city's largest employer. It is a big 120, deal. 120,000 people Wow, there. That's really? amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. 62 member wow. institutions. That's wow. incredible. Well, it just shows what a force to be reckoned with. Houston is as well as Mark D. Sullivan. <laughs> I know. That's for darn sure. I think it looks like we're out of we time. We are about Don't out of time, but anyhow. I want to I want to end with one question okay. for Mark, and What's that, that is: Who are what? the four other people? That who like that who are the four <laughs> other people? You would have uh-huh. quick, 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 snap, snap, snap. Um, but no, seriously. Um, what is one common trait all successful people have? Um, ooh, that's a very good question. I would say work ethic. Yeah. Yeah, strong work ethic. Yeah, a work ethic. Very a work ethic. Yeah, yeah. A. yeah. strong work ethic, and um, and and being clever, and being really fun at parties, cocktail parties. <laughs> <laughs> All of these things that Mark admires, he himself possesses. I think absolutely, that's really and, that I run and then some. It, well, how's that work? That's so funny. It really is well, weird coincidence. <laughs> Well, Mark, you're going to have to come back on again. Yeah, we've got so many more things to explore. Yes, there is. We have yet to uncover. Yes, there are many more onions, layers of that onion. We're going to peel them back like an awesome blossom. Absolutely. Well, thank you all for having me. Well, thank you, Mark. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, everyone, I'm Lance Every Morgan. And I'm Rob Giardinelli signing off from the C. Baldwin Hotel in Houston, Texas on Success with Style, reminding you that great style starts by having a unique point of view. Have a great day, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye.